Sashirakal, welcome. My name's Amma and I'm a brown girl. On today's episode, we're going to be speaking about immigrant parents. Over this year, I've made an effort to read more often and read books that are a lot more relatable to my life and my circumstances. And I came across this beautiful book called Brown Girl Like Me. And I feel as though it's very, very well written. And I'd have to say it's my favorite book of the year, even though I've read two books. Aside from the point, this is coming from someone who rarely used to read, hated reading, to now absolutely loving it. And I think reading, writing, poetry has really helped me heal over the years. And I want to read an extract from Brown Girl Like Me, written by Jasper Cole. And it just seems to convey what the message is for today's podcast episode. So it follows. As children of immigrant parents who rarely lived with ease, instead, overproduction, perfection and exhaustion became a currency by which they purchased a livelihood in a country that never seemed to claim them as kin, writes at Asians for Mental Health on Instagram. Now, we must protect our children from paying the same price as we become the next wave of mothers raising brown children. It is possible to raise brown feminists, both girls and boys, without entirely rejecting their own culture and fitting into what Western feminist standards dictate. When raising the next generation of brown women, the outright dismissal of our tradition is not a solution. We can understand our parents' context, learn useful lessons from them, heal, show compassion, and move forward so that we can do better for our kids. I felt this was written very beautifully and resonates with me perfectly. Imagine being in a country where you don't speak English, you're newly married, you have two babies, your mum's just died of breast cancer and you don't even know where your local shop is and you're struggling to use your phone. What kind of trauma does a 20 year old take from that? And imagine coming to this country with only three pounds in your back pocket with a dream to do well and make a life for yourself as well as your family and have the luxury of sleeping on a bed, which at the time my dad did not have. And I think through going no contact, I also had to take a lot of accountability and understand that there was a lack of respect from both sides, from my parents as well as myself. And we didn't see how much we really did for both of each other being myself and my parents. My mum used to go out of her way to make me vegetarian dinners. She was my personal shopper. She was my personal grocery shopper. She was my chauffeur, my laundrette. And without fail would always be on hand to help and ask me how my day was and always try to engage in conversation. My dad would always go out of his way to go to charity shops and buy me small treasures and then come home with excitement and show me as if I was still like five years old, which to this day he still does and I think is so adorable, but that's his way of expressing love. He likes buying me stuff, even if it's small. And He would always save his spare change and say to me, Amin, just take it for your travel. I don't want you to pay for travel. He would always eat my burnt or undercooked rotis without fail, even if it was in the shape of a map. My rotis are round now, by the way. I've progressed very well. And he was my Bob the Builder. He would always make and fix whatever I asked for. He made my bedding. He decorated my room for me. He helped me put up my wardrobes and he just, throughout that whole decoration process as well I remember I was just sitting on the floor and I was like why am I here and he's like I just want you to sit next to me but me being me at the time 
I think I was in such a negative space that I didn't want to be around anyone. It wasn't just my parents, it was anyone and everyone. Being in my own space really freed me from that negative bubble and allowed me to process that unhealed trauma and I was always feeling angry and not able to take any accountability as I hadn't done that healing. Now I'm not saying you should neglect how your parents have made you feel nor am I saying you should forgive them. It's your feelings and no one can take that away from you but you have to acknowledge the positives even if it's one small thing as I mentioned previously how much my parents did for me that I only processed after I moved out even if it was the small things I'm glad I was able to highlight even one thing ultimately it does speed up the healing process and it benefits you so you might choose to have your parents in your life you might choose not to you don't need to explain your decision to anyone but do everything in your power to heal and process that trauma. As Jaspreet mentions in her book, anger will make you strong, but love will make you powerful. Turn that anger into hope and love. The shape of the world you choose to inhabit will not just be determined by the powerful or by those with lots of money, but by those thousands of ordinary brown girls just like you who choose to love themselves, by those who choose whether or not to engage with difficult issues, by those who decide to grasp our own narrative of history and identity and find their place in it, and by those that find their voice and make it heard. So raw sister, raw. Again, so beautifully written. I realised as helpful and loving and understanding I was towards my parents, I also underappreciated them and the small things. I think my expectations and demands and comparison was unfair and I had to see things from their perspective, their pain as well as their upbringing and I allowed myself to choose my battles. Sometimes it was my silent battles that won, sometimes it was full-on battles but again I gave myself that space to choose and I think that the brown community and brown parents really struggle with giving children that freedom of choice because they're already in that constant rut of, you know, don't want to make any mistakes, need to work hard, need to get money. They're just on that constant go that they don't want their kids to make any wrong decision, but that in itself can still be detrimental. So I think finally when I healed and I thought, I should make my own choices. I also felt like if I was allowed to do that when I was a lot younger, I would have made a lot more better choices. And I've definitely made some poor choices throughout my young adulthood. And I don't regret them because ultimately it makes me me. So when you really do look into the struggles of our parents, whilst being in a new country, not speaking the language, having a lack of money, it's no surprise that love, compassion, mental health, are going to take a back seat and to be clear it still doesn't justify the way they've treated you or what you've gone through or the abuse and the trauma but hurt people hurt people and if you want to heal and break the cycle you have to start with acknowledging their mental health and giving them more love and compassion after going no contact with my parents for almost two to three years and feeling very ostracized i saw my parents as people and that they also do deserve a life of happiness and peace and choosing themselves. I don't think parents choose themselves enough or put their needs and wants first, which is a shame. Hence why even when you're on a plane, they always say, put your mask on first and then your child's. When a mother is giving birth, it's, 
it's very important to again make sure the mum is good and then baby is second of course they're both important but always try and put yourself first now it's not easy to process or forgive your parents for the way they chose to be or raise you with what they knew and i'm sure it wasn't also easy for them to accept me and my choices of wanting to move out being independent wanting to date and do whatever i like which was my choice so i had to learn that with any relationship it does have to be nurtured and naturally there has to be some sort of compromise and acceptance that this is who they are you can choose to accept them you can choose not to that's your choice and i chose to accept them because i loved them so the sooner you understand that change may it be people or circumstances is inevitable the journey does get a little bit easier and that is one of the lessons that I've learned this year, I would say. So even on the bad days, you just have to learn to appreciate it because that's life. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression and acceptance are the five stages of grief. And regardless of where you are on that stage, remember to please be kind to yourself. So far, I would say I'm on the acceptance stage and I'm really reaping the fruits of my labour. I'm at a good place with my parents and so are my parents in a good place? I'm so happy to say that they're doing well and that they live a life for themselves, they have their own friendship groups and own hobbies, they exercise boundaries, they've continued to love each other for so many years and most importantly take accountability. Hearing my parents apologise to me was what I needed to feel heard and I really love my friends and my family so I do value what they say and it was difficult for me to trust them in the beginning stages since I've really rekindled with them I think it's been almost a year now but I remember still feeling very apprehensive and still in that fight or flight mode but I think this time I just had to learn to lean in I just had to learn to lean in with love and just trust the process and understand that in relationships they do have to be nurtured effort is required from both sides and after having those very difficult conversations with them in Punjabi in English and really listening to them as well from my side I think I had to understand that there was miscommunication from both sides I don't think I was allowing myself to listen to them because I was so angry so once I came out of that it was a lot more healthier so you never know how long these relationships are going to last and your parents are not going to be around forever so for me I cherish that time because I've worked very hard to get it to where it's at and I wouldn't change it. I hope that you feel a sense of courage and compassion and a freedom of choice when it comes to your feelings after listening to this episode and with your parents show compassion if you can. Remember it's your life and you don't need to explain why you feel the way you feel to anyone and embrace the ups and downs with the journey of your parents it's a part of life, unfortunately. Fortunately, most importantly, in the style of Amma, journal, journal, and journal. That brings my second episode to a close. For those who are watching, Dunvard. For those who are listening, Dunvard. Thank you for your time. Give it a like, give it a share, and I will see you guys very soon for the next episode. Bye.